You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Realms with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, go ahead and lean over and give them a crisp high five. But if you're scared of Omrion crime or whatever the fuck they, they call that variant, that we got floating around this bitch now. Uh, you may not want to touch hands with nobody. So uh, pick up your social media app of choice. Oh, my screen got fingerprints on this thing. I need to clean that. Uh, pick up your social media app of choice and uh, send them a well-crafted DM telling them thank you for recommending you to me. And speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rambles with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3RShow, Instagram at The3RShow, and if you want a whole bunch of wrestling talk, you can catch me on Wrestling is Trash or Wednesday nights after AEW Dynamite on RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. Every Wednesday we go live after the show. And shit, I got a lot of other things that I can plug too. But for everything that I forgot to mention, you can go to randomrob.com. Randomrob.com to where you can find all different types of ways to support the show, buy merchandise or you can check out the sponsor, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Get 15% off your order if you use promo code RANDOM. You can probably get a cool hat like I got over here in the corner on my luchador mask. But if you're not watching the video, I guess that observation is mute. Anyway, got a guest with me today. Um, reached out to me across the world wide web from across the world proper so yeah. <laughs> yeah joining me is phil uh, look i pointed the right way too on the camera nice. the blurred explorer how you doing there phil how you doing thank you for having me on word so i mean we we got a couple things to talk about man you got books out sure. and one thing that uh perplexed me is uh you you's a brother yeah but you way over in korea and shit so i'm like are you in the right. military or you just happen to you nah. just Nah, nah. <clears throat> so for those who don't know, I'm Phil. I go by the Blur Explorer Instagram and TikTok. I live in South Korea and I work as an ESL teacher. Oh, okay. So I teach English as a second language. Word. So you speak Korean? Uh, nah, I can't speak. Nah, like basically, I'm still trying to learn how to read the language. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, for those who don't know, so, so Hangul, like Korean, the, learning how to read Korean is pretty easy. Okay. It's just speaking the like many Asian languages, they're very difficult to learn because they don't use the same alphabet, they don't use the same phonics or vocabulary like we do say in the Germanic or Roman languages like English or Spanish or whatnot. Okay. So I mean, how do you wind up in this situation? <laughs> how do we uh, get way on that side? Let's be honest, it was a uh, senior year 2015, about to graduate. I needed a job, man. And I've been saying that you know how you do when you finish about to finish college. Try to figure out, okay, I'm trying I'm going to job fairs. I'm sending out resumes, cover letters, nothing's landing. And then one day I say on my university job board about the idea of teaching English in South Korea. 
Hmm. Now, for me, growing up, I always wanted to travel, see the world. Primarily, I always wanted to go to Japan, right? Yeah. But I didn't think it was possible. And the only time, at least for me growing up, like throughout like the late 90s, 2000s, what, whatnot, early 2010s, I had never seen or ever heard of a black person traveling a little abroad who wasn't in the military. Yeah. And that's what I mean as, as an African-American in America. Like, I never heard any black person traveling a little abroad that wasn't military. That wasn't really, that's, that's something you never really heard about back in those days, like you do nowadays. Word. And so I got, so I looked more into that. I thought, okay, there'd be a good chance to travel through the world and also pay off my student loan. So <laughs> I came and I came to Korea in May 2016. I've been here ever since. And no, I have not paid off my student loans yet. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think nobody is, man. We, we, that's that's going to be uh, what it is, uh, death, taxes, and student loan yep. debt. <laughs> Three constants in life. I think I got student. I think I got student loans. I ain't never been to school. <laughs> oh man, how's that impossible? <laughs> I don't know, but it, 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 well, they'll find a way. They'll find. Yeah, it's like okay, we'll pull your name out of some random dude's hat. Okay, uh, Rob. I right, find fifty thousand dollars to a loan debt here. Yes, son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. So I mean, whoa. So you've been there since twenty sixteen. Yes, sir. And so, fuck, 2016, goddamn. So what what was it like, you know, touching down that first time in 2016? Um, like, like, even if you move to another city or state, it's like always that culture shock, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a major culture shock. Now I'm going from the United States, which is like a major diverse melting pot, right, to a country where like 95% of the population, everybody looks the same, dresses the same, has the same hair texture. So it was that. And plus also the fact that I'm a black man in East Asia. So that's mean more of a major culture shock. Now I'm getting used to the fact that people are staring at me out of curiosity because, again, it's not something that they see every day. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious, too. You talk about um, just being abroad in, in, a, in a land that is not your own. I seen a couple of pictures on Instagram. One of the funniest ones to me was uh, you standing in the doorway of uh, one of the buildings yeah. and whatnot. And it is just yeah. like. <laughs> from here down is all that's visible. You can't even see from your chest up. Uh, I think that was my apartment, but yeah. <laughs> Probably, but yeah. So, so I mean, so, I mean, they, they cater to, you know, their people there because it's obviously their country and whatnot. So, how, right. how is it for you? Because, I mean, I know the, the size difference is just yeah. way different yeah, from for, what it is. Yeah, for the audio viewers, I'm six seven, two meters tall. So yeah, I'm a pretty huge, huge guy. Uh, now the difference is, especially when it comes to Asia, right? Uh, I hate stereotype, but uh, most people in East in Asian cultures they're not very tall, right? Now nowadays you're seeing a lot more taller Korean men and some kids, some women, right? Mm-hmm. But again, the, most of the culture, the housing, especially my current apartment where I'm staying at, it was designed for somebody who's short, like you know, from average height. <laughs> so, so, and I. I, I... I forget where it was, but mm-hmm. like that that toilet situation is unique over there too. Is just I seen places to where they just damn squat down over a hole and shit. Yep, yeah, the squatter toys. Yes, uh, even one at my current school, I seen one of the toilets had them too. The squatter oh. toys. I've seen them in other and public rest stops too as well. Um, so they're there too. And also one fact, uh, if you ever go to using a public toilet in a, in Korea, sometimes they have like a little bar of soap on a metal tin thing. So basically, like you got, which I don't recommend touching at all, person. Just keep your own hand sanitizer. 
oh. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, take a squat and you can wash your ass with this bar of soap right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, nah, man, I, I don't touch that. Mm. So you've been there going on about six years or about six years now. Yeah, about this year, I mean, yeah. This year will be six years. Word. So, I mean, obviously there's some uh, comfortability about being there for so long and whatnot. I mean, what has come to be your favorite thing about being in that region of the world? Uh, honestly, what kind of kept me going, and this is leading up before Corona happened, um, just meeting new people, being able to travel to other countries, and also going to like various video game tournaments that I personally had a chance to go to when you know I was living in the U.S. Right? Like I do, I went to like the Pokemon VC tournaments. Mm-hmm. Never had a chance to do them because you know those type of tournaments uh, they're pretty far away at the time. So obviously, I was I can't always make it to those back in the U.S. Right? Yeah. Whereas in Korea is a small country, so it's easy to make a day trip up to the capital of Seoul and head back home afterwards. Word. So you got two. And books. also, and, oh yeah, I forgot to mention also healthcare and uh, also not worrying about the police. <laughs> That's a good one to zing in there. <laughs> <Really>. yep. <laughs> so you got two books um, yes, for two specific cities or whatever. You want to speak on those? Real quick. Yeah, sure. My first book is called The Black Child's Guide to Incheon, South Korea, which I wrote in 2020. And my second book is The Black Child's Guide to Daegu, South Korea, which I wrote in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's just specifically for th- th- those two cities? Those two cities, yes, sir. So it's like, what gave you the epiphany to do something like that? Um. Well, well my concept, really, what gave me the idea is I wanted to create a black travel space like content to show uh to provide stories to show that yes there are other black people black men who are traveling abroad who are doing other things right mm-hmm. and my content is more about kind of fusion of anime gaming nerd and a travel content like some things i enjoy so i figure why not make them and plus uh main folks reason i made design these two books designed uh, to be for black people anybody's welcome to read of course anybody, yeah, there's yeah. For everybody right mm-hmm. but why is and i mentioned both my books why is it tailored just to black people only and mm-hmm. it's because when it comes to travel especially for african americans we're pretty new to traveling abroad in general because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if you think about like during the 2000s early 2010s you never heard of or seen any black travel content ever nowadays like between like 2016 up to 2020 and now now you're seeing a lot more black travel groups black travel instagram uh people black travels on youtube and whatnot and that was never there before but we still need more. We're still a pretty small uh, representation. I figured, why not create a black travel guy? Kind of like somewhat like to the Green Book, but not really necessary, you know? Okay. Because if you look at the travel, because uh, I, because especially I know most African Americans are kind of afraid to travel to Asia because they're afraid going to get stared at. And I kind of want to use the books ease their minds and hey, yes, you will get stared. All foreigners get stared at, especially mm-hmm. black and brown people. It's just because they're not something that they see. Then they're not used to seeing every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for a lot of these real world examples, um, there have been times where I had students uh, when I worked at different schools or different English academies. I was the first black person they interacted with, or the first black teacher they ever had. So, being there teaching them English and everything. I mean, do I know you have a curriculum that you have to stick to? I mean, you need to 
right. straight down the line. Hey, this is what they need to learn. This is right. your input. We gotta put down, I, yeah, for my, so I do have a textbook that I follow, but I do have that, that free range to do how I want to do it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I was on accent. I mean, what, do yeah. you put your own flair to it? And yeah, usually, like, for my examples, I always use a lot of SpongeBob references of Pokemon because, <laughs> like, honestly, SpongeBob is, like, the most useful education tool ever. It just so many gifts and memes that just work for all the lessons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are you playing any American music out there? Uh, nah, nah, I, I ain't gonna try to play the hip hop, at least out loud. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't need- you don't have to play any of the current mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you can nah, get nah. vintage things. <laughs> nah, uh, nah, I don't play it. Usually, I'll have my headphones in, listen to it, listening to music and stuff. Um, no, true, st- true story, though. Um, one thing to note. Uh, when you're walking around Korea, especially some of the stores and restaurants, you'll be hearing a lot of uh, both mix of K-pop music and also like Western music. So you, so you will hear uncensored hip hop all the time in Korea. Oh shit! Yeah. So imagine, yes, in 2020, there were stores playing WAP, blasting Whoa. WAP on the speaker. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would that would be hilarious or whatever. <laughs> it is. I'm pretty sure there are teachers who had like that awkward conversation with the kids asking the teacher, "What does WAP mean?" Mm. I'm glad I didn't have that conversation because I I was not ready for I would not be ready for that. So are things pretty timely out there? What I mean by that, because like I know I've been to mm. other countries or whatever, military of course, yeah. um, to where like things that are kind of hip and trendy or whatever kind of don't hit them around the same times or whatever they usually get there a little bit later and everything so like music magazines and yeah no they're pretty on top of things especially there's more uh international stuff like especially the hip-hop's very huge over here um marvel definitely for sure marvel oh, yeah. is massive over here uh and it's funny like i talk to my kids all the time about marvel characters that they'll see in the mcu like they're like look at me like i'm crazy like, who the heck is this guy I'm like, do you guys know the X Men? They're Marvel. Like, the, there's a reason for Marvel, really. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but one thing to know about Korean culture in general, like they're very, how can I say, like social media trendy. Like, for example, if there's a new restaurant or cafe that's being that's trending massively on, in Korea. You, then, not too long after, you'll see a bunch of uh, Koreans going to said restaurant or cafe, uh, showing on Instagram, and then they'll die and they'll die out. <laughs> so it's i mean it's the 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 norm of social media then it's just like oh this yeah. is hot i'm gonna try it all yeah. right i'm, I'm done yeah with this so story. i would say like a true story yeah true story like this is how powerful social media is in south korea for example um from 2016 to about early 2018 i've had students compare me and other black teachers we've been through this like has students compare me to like oprah obama i look like lebron james or some type of rapper right <laughs> but when black panther came out Literally oh immediately the following class I had the day, I think it was like the following business day we had classes. I has even up to now, I had students compare me to Wakanda teacher, Black Panther teacher. <laughs> and it showed them like to show them like again, like most Koreans, for example, like when it comes to Africa, like all they see is those like the poverty porn, like poor, hungry, starving Africans, right? That's what they see. That's what the, all the my kids, that's not what they've seen, right? Yeah. So when I showed this youth black YouTuber called Traveling Truth. Who did like to show like this little video about the real Africa, like the wealthier, fancier side of Africa? They did not believe me that was Africa. Yeah, yeah. So that shows you how powerful media, social media influence can be, especially media in Korea is. 
Word. So, I mean, are you, so when you say your kids and everything, do you mean yeah, my like teaching like a, yeah, your younger group of yeah, students? Yeah, so I probably, I, I did in kindergarten, but my main focus is elementary. I do elementary students. Oh, That's okay, okay. Word. So, I mean, do you have, was that the option or was that just what was available? Uh, I mean, there's options. You can do uh, elementary, middle school, high school, or like the pre, uh, pre-K, kindergarten levels. Uh, me personally, I just like messing with elementary. I had like fun goofing with elementary students. Word, and, and I mean, of course, uh, yeah, and of course, uh, since I uh, since I like Pokemon, I like to talk to them about that too. <laughs> and I had students, and I had students talk like this is during the Nintendo 2DS, 3DS era. I had students talk shit about me, telling me, like, "Hey, I can beat you in Pokemon Battle." I'm like, "All right, bet. Bring us, bring your, bring a game. We're we're playing this." Oh, see, I had a, I had to teach them a hard lesson. I had to teach them the hard way. And see, I mean, and that's good because you're getting them on the ground level, whatever. You got the younger kids and whatnot, and they're going to take those lessons with them yeah, you know, exactly. as they get older. I was like, yeah, man, I, I know not to talk shit with, uh, with these Pokemon battles, baby. Yeah, so listen, <laughs> man, yes, listen, just because I'm a foreigner doesn't mean I don't know how to play Pokemon. I can smack you. Don't try me. It's funny. Like, it's funny. Like, uh, just like. In real life, yeah, one does one dude talking trash about you, right? But when you smoke them, it's like then it got real quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh huh, what, what was all the trash talking, huh? What happened? So you got your, um, I'm sorry, you got your ranking yeah, there on a uh, smash or whatever. I mean, uh, so is it safe to say you're pretty good at that? No, nah, I'm decent, but there are a lot of uh, uh, other powerful players out here over here in Korea, man. So is it like, because I know you spoke about it earlier about the tournaments yeah. and all kinds of things like that i mean how popular is it there compared to the states from what you can recall uh well mostly for for context so korea's always been mostly a pc and mobile gaming country right mm-hmm. uh i mean they also have been known to play for street fighter players and tekken players for sure. especially tech is massive over here i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even try bother playing tekken tournaments over here man i'm gonna get smoked Word. but no um at least when it comes like say the for super smash brother for example right uh, there wasn't really a scene here. There was no tournaments going on until like the week the Switch came out when Smash Bros. Ultimate came out. That's when you see oh. more and more uh, creative and foreign players. That's been that's when you see a lot more tournaments events that happen. So like I used to host a tournament back in Daegu up until from 2018-2019. I used to host the tournaments up in Daegu because uh, while Seoul is fun, but it's, just, it's a little it's pretty expensive to travel there on the weekends, okay. like for hotel lodging whatnot. So it does get a little bit pricey. Okay. So, I mean, what what has become your comfort food there? What what what's the cuisine like on that side for you? Uh, oh, yeah, honestly, the Korean fried chicken, man. <laughs> I spent way too much. Money. I spent too much money, and I'm afraid to count the receipts and the look at my orders. I'm like, oh god, I spent too much every week on this. But nah, man, it's really that good. Like Korean fried chicken is so good. Like it's massively popular. Like there's a franchise literally almost every corner in Korea. Like franchise of mom and pop shops. Everywhere. So is it just like a Korean Colonel Sanders or whatever? <laughs> I mean, it's still, have, still yeah, KFC. <laughs> yeah, they still have they do have a KFC actually here, but yeah. Uh, but with its own flavors, like so. For those who don't know, actually, African American soldiers during the Korean War taught Koreans how to fry chicken. Word. Yeah. So I think that's one aspect nobody really talks about. Yeah. So apparently, uh, African American soldiers during their t- time in Korea, they actually taught the Koreans how to fry chicken like Southern style. And yeah, my, I think I'm going to have to ask my dad about that because he was in the Korean War. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how they got over here. And 
for many Koreans, especially when they get older, right? It's like when they have to retire or get pushed out of the company due to ageism here in Korea, mm-hmm. most of them end up opening up a chicken restaurant or a cafe to support themselves. Okay. But it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy for Koreans in terms of a bear, low barrier energy for Koreans to open up a chicken franchise, but it's uber competitive, competitive. So it's really hard for them to either break even. This is even before Corona happened for them to break even or to make a profit. This is not the easy. Word. I mean, I am ignorant to the the culture over there, and only from what I know is from movies and stuff or whatever. You talk yeah, about how they have that competitive nature and whatnot. It's like street gangs and shit over the fried chicken and whatnot. It's like uh, go no, fight even my kids, even my kids, like we're we're doing like a simple review game, right? They get uber competitive, like it's like Squid Game type, like levels of competitive. Oh, like, hey, calm down, it's just a game. Mm, I like but so. Yeah, they're, they're, Go ahead. So oh, by the way, about- for the, uh, they actually have a fried chicken and beer festival here in Korea, the Daegu oh. Chimic Festival. Well, shit, that sounds like if I, if I made the move or whatever, that'd be be the one I don't want to go to. And it's worth it. I'm telling you, man. At least when it's safe to, when it started back up again, travel starts up again. I highly recommend everybody check out the Daegu Chimic Ch- Fried. Is it fried week long music festival with fried chicken and beer, and also Korean street food. Word. So, and all those right, yeah, it's in the park, but it's also in the park, but across the street from the park is also a amusement park. So you got, I think you got a child, you have a son, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's perfect for him. So so you can go to the park in the morning, have fun in the amusement park, in the afternoon, book some fried chicken. <laughs> have you seen Spider-Man? The newest? Yes, I have. Day day one. Oh, the first day boy. when it came out. What what was the atmosphere like over that way? Because I mean, I know how it is here, but yeah, it was pretty popular. Um, I think now I live in a small town, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of go to like the major theaters. So, um, but you can tell it was packed that day for for the movie theater I went to. My tickets were sold out. Like I I thought I wouldn't be able to get one after work, but I managed to get one. Uh, I had a great time, and I didn't even thought about going back to rewatch it. Yeah, I've, I've been on the fence about it. I mean, I know I want to, but it's almost yeah. like a time thing or whatever. It's just like if I get home too late, then, you know, I, I go yeah. see the movie. It's like two and a half hours and I got to come home, go sleep, get right. back up, go to work. So I, I'm going to see it again. But I've already got on Amazon and I've already pre-ordered the Blu-ray and they don't even have a release date for it yet. I'm just like, here, take my money. Just send it whenever yeah. you get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I enjoyed it so much, especially. um Again, back on the spoiler talk, I guess. Uh, when Tobey Maguire and Garfield actually showed up, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I heard the rumors, but I was like, I thought, like, nah, nah, this is probably just a cop out. They ain't gonna do this. But like, mm. Oh my god, they actually did it. Yeah, and I was in the theater, like, oh shit. <laughs> this is yeah. exactly my words when I seen. It. I was like, oh Me shit. Too. And then Me um, too. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm thinking, uh, what is, was it? Uh, Oh my God, Jimmy Fox, when he mentioned uh, why isn't there a black Spider-Man, I'm like, oh my God, they're actually going to do it? They're going to bring in Miles? I hope so, because I mean, I that's, how, that's how subtle it was in the, the, the previous Spider-Man movie with the multiverse right. conversation or right. whatever. Because uh, Mysterio was talking about, you know, there's multiverse, and Peter went all off on, like, there's a multiverse? Yada, yada, yada. And then we would yeah. get stuff like, what if? And then, um, you know, all this stuff dealing with the multiverse and shit. So it's right. just like, They'll subtly mention something, then they'll just have like big ramifications later on. I'm just like, ah, Miles Morales. (laughs) Yes. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was really disappointed, like, for the post credit scene when uh, Venom, like, they all went back 
to their to their universe. I'm like, oh man, I was hoping he'd stick around. Well, he kind of did stick around though. He did kind of, but like I was hoping for them to just stick around. Like you know, I thought they would actually be part of MCU. Well, I don't want them. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hardy can stay over on that, yeah, yeah. that that timeline or whatever. But if they they left a little drop of the symbiote, so that can attach to something else, make a whole nother venom, and I like I I'd rather see that than Tom Hardy because he because his Eddie Brock, and I know he's not uh, American, so mm-hmm. he's a, a foreigner doing an, an American accent, and it just like it doesn't sound like it's weird to me it just it just throws it all off of me and then the second venom film that they created wasn't as good as the first one and the first one was just kind of like cool for what it was yeah but uh, yeah i'm like i i was was bored watching venom the whole time i was just watching it just to because the mcu thought maybe they'll do something with it yeah and when I heard about the post credit scene for Venom 2, I'm like, okay, I'll just watch it just to watch it, the movie. Just yeah, the whole like, movie was a setup for the end credit for, for the damn movie. Exactly. I'm like, wow. I'm go- I'm not going to lie. I don't watch it in theaters. I'm like, damn, I'm really glad I didn't waste my money on this. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> do you find yourself bootlegging a lot of things being over that way? Uh, Loki, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still, mean. yeah, <laughs> no, uh, well, to be fair, like in terms of South Korea, they really have like you know, um, piracy laws over here, so it's not so it's not like something that they can actually, you know, technically do something like if you're gonna bootleg something over here, like no what in the U.S. companies, they really can't do anything about it, really. Well, shit, well, that's a gangster's paradise, then <laughs> exactly. Give me, like, give me all the shit, exactly. So, if that's first, I wouldn't be surprised if people. Like and everything, because again, what what are they gonna do? Like, because you know, different laws, different country, different laws. It's like that much they can do, unless they want to try. Word. How often do you come home? I mean, where where are you from in the states? Uh, South Carolina. So the first and last time I've been back in the U.S., uh, I went to visit my family in Alabama back in February 2019. Okay. Yeah. South so that was the first. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's the first yeah. last time I've been back to you. Yeah, to the U.S. You know, you know they, t- you know they tore down south of the border, right? No, I did not. I didn't hear about yeah. that. Yeah, they tore it down. I was sad about that. I mean, I, I would pass it so much on the, on trips going home or down to Georgia or something like that, and I'm like, I'm gonna stop there one day. Then I stopped there one day. I took my kids to the little reptile house, and mm-hmm. uh, I just happened to look on uh, the news the other day, and they said they're tearing it down. So big ass sombrero is going away. All the fireworks and all the reptile houses and the roller coasters, all them shits is gone. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Uh, usually, like, if I hear about news, it's like when I wake up, trying to get ready for school. That's the only time I hear about what's happening back home. I mean, do you miss anything about being here? Um, honestly, not much. Uh, I mean, I do miss buying clothes. You don't go clothes shopping because, again, <laughs> uh yeah so, so let me be clear so in korea in many culture in most asian culture it's all about being looking slim and thin yeah so being fat or obese is there's there's so there's body shaming over here but uh there's no there's not a lot, a lot of clothes or places you can buy clothes for those who are in the big and tall category i mean there is but like for example there's a place in seoul a place in ETA one in seoul right but that's like a five-hour trip to buy clothes. I'm not going to do that. Word. 
I can only imagine. Yeah. You said you you said you six seven, right? Yeah, exactly. And oh man, so this, just imagine you have the to hands travel is like this big. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine traveling five hour, four or five hours, just go to Capital plus Metro, just go clothes shopping. That's my case right now. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I was I was ordering my stuff for Amazon, have it shipped here. It's just so much easier. Yeah, I was about to ask that. It was like you. I, I imagine you order a lot of stuff online and whatnot. Yeah, I do. Uh, it just must use, especially electronics. So electronics are very expensive here. The PS Five was very expensive here. Like, uh, I want to say like the digital version, going exchange rate. I want to say it's about four hundred seventy dollars. I think, but that's the digital version. Or shit. Yeah. That's cheaper than and, what you're gonna. That's cheaper than what you're gonna get it here in the states. <laughs> I think so. How much is it? Like the digital version? I forgot. In U.S. Uh, shit, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the same here. Like, I actually, uh, I actually bought mine over the summer. Like, I had a Korean friend of mine. Uh, she came with me. We walked around. I went first to this uh, Kuchik Electric Market in Seoul. They were sold out, so I tried another market. But she, think of what she called the. The vendors they say they had a pretty clean stock but they were a little bit like two hundred dollars more mm-hmm. uh in terms hundred dollars more in terms of uh selling the ps5 at that at that market compared to but like on the stores like people are still you know you got scalpers paying like 800 900 a thousand dollars for that over here too shit hey so man i'm like i'll take it how how hard is it to get a graphics card over there <laughs> uh i'm pretty sure it's hard now uh again like i said electrons are pretty expensive here so i mean there are companies there's actually a foreigner guy who who can build a pc which i'm i've been meaning to look into because uh, i'm looking to get pc built sometime soon but um yeah like i said in general like smartphones especially smartphones they're heavily expensive over here like because all you get is samsung lg or iphone those are your only options mainly in korea Shit. <laughs> and it also doesn't help that like literally the heads like uh, basically, the country's economy is run on conglomerates like Samsung, LG, uh, Hyundai. They're one of the few co- families who pretty much run the, the economy, all the auto markets, all the industries, really. Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, what's the next chapter for the, um, the next book? I mean, you, you already. Uh, right now, I'm actually going to work my book number three. I'm actually going to write about a whole, the whole country, South Korea. Okay. It'll be a basic, big, giant, thick book about travel guide for South Korea. I have no idea what's going to come out because I like that. I looked at my list of places I'm going to visit. It's a lot, mm-hmm. and also because of COVID, so that's going to be oh, a little yeah, bit. yeah, true. So I got and plus I live in a small town, so traveling outside to like say going to the West Coast like that for me that would be like a that's like a seven eight hour trip just to get to the West Coast mm-hmm. from where I'm yeah. at. And that was another question that why you bringing up COVID and everything. I mean, I, I know the impact of it here in the States and, you know, the protocols and all the things that were put yeah, into sure. place and, you know, how everything was going on. How was that for you over there? Um, Like everybody else, it, when we got shut down, we everybody was bunk at home. Uh, the Korean government had bars, restaurants, had, you know, do all the shutdowns, right? But the churches, they kept, they still kept going. Even though the government said, hey, you can't do this. You can't be in person. But still, they didn't listen. And a lot of times during 2020 and 2021, most of the outbreaks came from the churches, mm. from people going to the churches. And unfortunately, like many places, um, many jobs, 
restaurants, shops, they, they've been closed permanently due to the pandemic, due to the shutdown periods. And now the Korean government has basically said, we have vaccine mandates. Like you have to show like proof of vaccination mm-hmm. or have like a little QR code to show that you got vaccinated to enter certain restaurants or establishments. Okay. I did agree with that first, but now it's getting crazier to the point which even I got to criticize them for. It's like, okay, now I think the Korean government says you had to have third dose. They had to have the booster shot uh, to go into an establishment. I'm not sure when that's supposed to start, when that requirement is supposed to start. Okay. But even I got to admit, that's kind of unfair because what are people who, who already got the second, who got the, the first vaccine shots, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, haven't had a chance to get the booster because you got to wait you know, for that grace period. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so even I got criticized on that front. And now, true story, back in um, early 2021, uh, this is back in Seoul, like on the West Coast, like near the capital area. Uh, the Korean government, there was an outbreak in that area. And the Korean government ordered all non-Koreans, all foreigners to go get tested. And one thing to know in Korea, right, usually you'll see a lot of white people play, like, crying or playing, oh, this is racism, this is xenophobia. Ain't you know all the black, all non-white folk were like, really? <laughs> oh, fuck, huh? You don't but, say, huh? <laughs> well, being discriminated sucks because you color your skin? Who would have thought about that? No. But even I'll admit, I get why they wanted to do the testing, but the problem is how rushed they did it because there's only like a few locations where people go get tested, right? Okay. So imagine there's long lines for people standing hours because... Again, there was like limited location. It was too quickly. So even I got to call him out on that front. Word. Shit. So, I mean, you've been there, what, about six years now, whatever. How how long do you plan on staying? Um, Long as I can, man. Uh, Right now, I'm in a great position. I got recently, I switched to back last year, March 2021. I I switched to my current job, which I really love. I have a great time with the kids. Uh, I love the location, too. In terms of cost of living and making money over here, so I might as well go ahead and stay here, you know, ride as long as I can, and you know, mm-hmm. stack some money up, and also write more books. Word. So I mean, question is, I mean, you, you plan on staying there for a while and whatnot. I mean, what what what, what yeah. the social life, what the nightlife like out that way? Uh, social life, pre-COVID days, man, especially downtown areas like uh, where I live in Daegu, for example, like. It'd be packed, people going to bars, restaurants, bar hopping. Uh, people just socializing and have a great time. Nowadays, I mean, people still do that, though. But, you know, limited limited numbers, locations, and stuff, and limited time. But um, it, it was pretty fun. I can tell you this much. It was definitely worth it. It's one of the reasons why people keep keep staying in Korea, because they love that social aspect of social life, mm-hmm. having a good time, especially those who like to go drinking. Uh, one spot that's popular, especially in Daegu, I used to go to a few times, a place called Go Go's. Mm-hmm. So basically, just imagine like you pay about two to seven dollars for Capri Sun size type alcohol in a bag. <laughs> Word. Shit. I mean, that, that does sound, man, you made me kind of thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Sakri is also a massive drinking culture too. So mm-hmm. it's not unheard of, especially before COVID was. People go to the convenience store, buy a bunch of beer, alcohol, snacks, and sit outside the store and just sit down and eat, drink, and talk all night. Uh, that sounds pretty cool, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you got the tables out there. People will sit down, get some poor, 
pour a couple of drinks and just eat up and chill. Word. I mean, I, 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 I rarely, rarely, rarely see a sense of community like that here in the States. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would definitely say, at least depending on the city, of course, I find the smaller, medium-sized uh, expat communities, they're more tight-knit, they're more close. Everybody kind of knows each other, they're cool with. Versus like the largest cities, because you know it's so it's so massive. Like people have different spots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and I'll admit at times, like when I first like looking back, space, you know, COVID gave me a chance to think. I re- I kind of wish I was more social. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I am introverted. I do sometimes prefer to stay home on the weekends, but sometimes I kind of wish, like you know what, I wish I went out a little bit more. I wish I stayed a little bit longer. Where I used to do the. Um, Reckley ultimate frisbee like go out stay usually after games ended i was just go home looking back i'm like okay maybe i should have stayed a little bit longer hang out with the guys you know mm-hmm. got to know people yeah yeah i can see that there's been plenty of times to where like and then sometimes even when you do stay you feel kind of awkward or whatever you just kind of like all right i'm yeah. here so um hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly it's like I kind of wish that would have a little bit more of a balance, like social stay at home type of balance, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a middle ground. Yeah. So when, like whenever they, we went into lockdown the first time and everything, people were flipping out, talking about, uh, I want to go out. I want to go do this. Yeah. I miss my friends. And I was in the house like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it was for me, too, for a while. Uh, but fortunately, like in 2020, in my other job, I ended up, uh, I guess you could say put on leave. For like July 2020 up to February 2021, so pretty much I was tech at home all day uh, on a reduced salary, so I couldn't technically work. I was still I was still on the contract, I was still employed, thankfully. So I had that job security, but I wasn't able to teach. I wasn't able to do any type of work, you know. So being stuck at home all day, waking up, playing games, watching movies all day, it does get repetitive and boring every time. So yeah, I can understand that. So I mean that that would be the best and the opportune time to start writing things, right? Yeah, that's why I got the idea for the first book. And I said well, I got the time off. Why not go just do that? So I went all around the city, Incheon, where I was living at the time, and started taking pictures, writing on notes, and made a book about it. Word. So I mean, wow. I I, I don't. It's just like I, I don't know. It's just anybody that can do what you've done. And everything, it just, it, it amazes me because like I've entertained the idea of doing, you know, just writing a book or whatever, but it's like, it, it's real difficult to me. I'd rather do something like this, like what we're doing right now or whatever, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just amazed. My wife wrote a book and it just, it, it amazed the fuck out of me that she, you know, she had that skill within her to, you know, just create like that. And I, right. I just, I find it fascinating, amazing. Yeah, I was surprised they actually did it too. I'm like, oh my god, actually, two books. Yeah, and it's like, why not keep going? It's like right now, because well, another reason I started writing these books because I remember I read this story. I think it's called from the Market Research Institute, and they said that African American tourism has the power to be about six billion, seven billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reason I kind of you know continue writing these books. It's like. Yeah, you're right, because one, I'm, I'm a business major by trade, by the way. So I realized, yeah, there's a huge market. More black African-Americans are traveling more than ever. And especially when countries start opening up again, oh, yeah. post-COVID, it's gonna, travel's going to blow up huge, hard. So I was like, okay, let me get these books out. Let people get my know my name. And that way, eventually, I'll say, 
I know in, in the first start when it comes to like book sales, right now it's not gonna sell as much. But once people start traveling again, it's gonna blow oh, yeah. up. Especially with Korea, especially with movies, shows like Squid Games and the K drama on Netflix, people are gonna try to come Korea more than ever. Yeah. So it's like okay, let me get let me get my name out there right now. I have a chance to build, you know, a repertoire like reputation. And then once the same travel and people come start traveling again, it's like bam, they got the books ready to go. I'm like, here, I got two books for Korea right here. Let's go. Yeah. And I I, I can just kind of see that, you know, because I've done a I was able to do a little bit of traveling this year and last year mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's just, you know, you you want to you want a guide and whatnot and you're providing that. And I can just see something like what you've made, you know, when people come over there, you it, it could be somewhere in the airport somewhere. Somebody can just see this right. thing on the shelf and be like, oh. I'm a, I'm I'm a black guy in a foreign country. Let, let me look at this right. book. <laughs> right, right. Nah, uh, that's what I'm hoping to do. Like maybe somebody who listens to this know that yes, there is a black man who wrote a travel guide about travel for South Korea from a viewpoint of a black man. Word. So that's my idea. I just want to hit every black person who knows who likes to travel, who wants something like this. That's my that's my aim. Like I believe personally with my content. If I can give this one black person to travel or get a passport, I call it a win more than anything. Okay. So with that being said, where can people find these two glorious books? Sure. The Black Child's Guide to Inchon, Inchon spelling, I-N-C-H-E-O-N, and the Black Child's Guide to Daegu, D-A-E-G-U. You can find on my Amazon right now in ebook formats. You're going to see more of my adventures or Reach out to me, ask questions about Korea. Hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at the Blur Explorer. Word. And it's on the screen if you're watching the video. And you've heard the uh, freaking his Instagram tags. Give him a follow. You got a TikTok. Yep, I got a TikTok too. Yes. You doing some funny dances out there? Nah, I, I mean, I'll do. I ain't do no dances. Nah, I ain't doing All right, no hold on. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm, I'm going to go and ins- I'm about to inspect it right now. We do. We, we do yeah. want to do it live. <laughs> oh, shit. My volume up. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the blurred explore. This is riveting audio for some people, <laughs> and of course, I spelled it wrong because that's that's why I'm not writing any books because I can't spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we are. It's that's not you. That's somebody else. Is it all one word? Yeah, it's all one word. Yes, a blur explorer. Okay, so that's why I'm fucking up. Aha! I found you. You are followed. All right. Word. Did that live on the air for everybody. (laughs) But hey, man, I appreciate you giving me your time and everything and just chopping it up with your boy. And shit, man. If you ever find yourself back in the States, if you ever just so happen to come to Texas, maybe hell, even Louisiana, because I'm I'm from Lake Charles and everything. Okay, uh, okay. Come hang out with your boy. We can find some American fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely down. Uh, I know at least one state, open, one state travel again, I'm definitely going to head come stateside eventually. I don't know when. I can't say when, but it's definitely mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'll probably hit, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna hit up probably other pod- some other podcasts too. Uh, uh, I went on last year, so I'll definitely do that for sure. 
Word. So you've been a guest of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. The door is always open for you to come back to promote your next big thing or just to shoot the shit. Uh, likewise, if you ever need me to come on the show, man, just hit me up. I'll be down. Word.